Aloha, thank you for pressing play. This is Stacy Mahoy from StacyMahoy.com, sports mom to eight active kids, living in Hawaii, married to my high school sweetheart. I am here to help support, encourage, inspire, nourish you as you go through this journey of youth sports with your child. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the show. All right. Hi, it's Stacey Mahoy with StaceyMahoy.com. Thank you for pressing play. I'm here today with a mama friend of mine, Val Shelby. She lives in Washington, correct? Washington? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And so Val and I actually met not through sports and not through coaching, but through online business um, mastermind programs and like just Facebook groups that we're in together. And so I didn't even know until recently that she was also a sports coach and a sports mom. Um, her children are grown, though, already all out of the house and everything, so, like, well, out of high school, all of your mm-hmm. children. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so Val's been through the whole gamut of uh, youth sports. And we're just going to have a chat today and kind of hear from her and her experiences and some of her insights. So, Val, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your history as a sports mom. Uh, Well, history as a sports mom, I um, was totally into sports as high school as well. So was my husband. Um, So we really worked on not pushing it as a sport (laughs) because we knew we knew for us that we're so competitive that it was one of those things that we could very easily turn into that whole helicopter (laughs) parent and take over the world, um, be everything. Yeah. So we really focused on not doing that. And I'm sure we'll get into that because it doesn't matter what you do as a sports mom. Um, When you, at the end of the day, when you look at it, you're like, should I have done that? Or should I have changed it? (laughs) Should I have done it differently? (laughs) So my daughter wasn't super into sports. Uh, She did do some sports. Uh, She, she mostly liked to to do um, uh, not team sports. She was not team sports oriented. Mm. Um, My son did all of the usual sports. Um, He's competitive, just like we were. So how much of an age gap is there between the two of them? Just two and a half years. Two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So for a while, they're both kind of both within the mix of things and juggling. So what was the hardest part of the journey for you? Besides the whole trying not to get over crazy with it, what was one one of the hardest things about I would say for me, um, well, for my daughter, she's the oldest. She, she was easier on, I knew I couldn't step in. I knew where the boundaries were. Um, her sport was hers. Mm-hmm. I could talk to her a little bit about it, but that was, there wasn't a whole lot of coaching involved. Um, she and I are very similar personalities and she just, she wanted to go on that journey by herself. <laughs> so for me, that was hard because I had to learn to step back. Um, and with my coaching and personal training experience, that was really hard to do. Um, just because you automatically are watching stuff and you're like, this and this and this. And it's like, yeah. so that taught me a lot. And that was actually good for a lot of different things. <laughs> right. Teaching me to hush. Um, my son is, he was totally different. So I got to actually totally bond with him through sports um Mm. he had no problem talking about games afterwards uh he he was the whole reason I got to get into coaching uh, because he we saw the need um we talked about it every day when I pick him up and then um finally I'm just like do you mind and he's like I don't even care you know (laughs) (laughs) so what how old was he at that point let's see that was actually it was his freshman year 
when I first wow. asked him, but I w my daughter was graduating that year and I just kind of, I, I backed off. I was like, eh, it might not be the right time. The next year I asked him again and, and he said, yeah, go ahead and come on in and let's do it. And I'm so glad I did. So yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother journey too, right? It is. <laughs> so what, what, what sports did you play? What sports were you involved in growing up? I was volleyball, soccer, and track. Okay. And your favorite was what? Uh, looking back or <laughs> at, <laughs> Both. At, the at the time, I was always going to do volleyball. Um, volleyball was what, well, I actually, I gave up a scholarship to play volleyball in college. Um, whole nother story. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I played soccer almost all my life. And the funny thing is, is I really wish that I had stayed with soccer. Mm. Um, I was, it was freshman year when um, high, the high school got the soccer, the first soccer team. So we could play up because it was junior high at that point. So we mm -hmm. could play up. And at that point, um, living in a small town, my parents didn't care for the coach. So of course, I didn't care for the coach because I'd heard my parents say that. So I made the decision to play volleyball instead of soccer. It's probably one of the only very few regrets that I have was that I, I should have stayed with soccer because, I mean, that was the whole Mia Hamm era and yeah. all of that. I mean, all of the teams were created in soccer at colleges okay. at that point. So that could have been a cool experience. Um, but that's totally hindsight. And I always did track. I did track every year. I had a great group of friends and we just had a blast doing that. Hmm, very interesting. So um, have you told your parents about like why you didn't stick with soccer or any of that? Have you guys had that discussion at all or no, not really? We have. Yeah, um, yeah I've brought it up and it's so funny because they now don't even remember who the guy was. I mean, because <laughs> they knew him from, uh, from dealing with just rec soccer. Mm. So I was always hanging out with the adults. So of course I'd heard this mm. stuff that they didn't like him and they probably didn't even have a clue that they'd been talking about him at all. You know, it was just, yeah. just the whole like PTA soccer thing and, you know, griping about people and you don't realize what the kids are hearing. That's interesting. <laughs> that is so interesting. So knowing that, did you keep that in mind at all as you were parenting or was that something that you didn't even realize until much later? Oh, I, tr I tried hard to keep it in mind. Um, it was, I always let the kids talk first. So mm -hmm. if the kids were having experiences with the coaches, um, I'd let them talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, my experience with any of their coaches was not the same. I mean, I don't, I'm only hearing them third hand what mm -hmm. most of the problems were. And, and it's venting. I mean, when right. the kids come home from practice, if for one, they're tired, they're hungry. Um, yeah. It, and that might not even be exactly what happened, um, <laughs> what they're complaining about when they get home. So what do you normally do in that situation where, I mean, I think that happens a lot where they come home, like you said, they're tired, they're hungry, they're probably like, I guess still got to do homework. They've got all this stuff on their mind and they're probably not quite at their best maybe. Um, and maybe they need that outlet. So what do you normally do in that situation as far as like, just, I mean, how did you normally handle that when that happened? We just talked a lot um, because there was, uh, I mean, especially football, football's so big and there's so many coaches. So, um, and it is more year round that um, we talked a lot. So I would just be his vent because there's, there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. You're just going to have to make the best of it and you might have to do extra stuff on your own 
um, besides what the coach has. Um, and it was, it was a very difficult balance of trying to figure out how much to keep pushing them um, without demeaning the coach whatsoever, even though you had zero confidence in them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a tough situation. But I think, like you said, one thing that we tried to do was like, okay, so well, what else is possible? If you're not getting, if you feel like you're not getting what you need in this situation, like what can, you know, what can we do about it? Besides like mm -hmm. calling out the coach, right? Or trying to change a coach, which is very unlikely. Mm -hmm. um, especially I would guess in football where there's so many kids that they're trying to deal with and then the whole staff that they're probably trying to manage and everything. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very rare that you're going to go up to a coach and then, have them change how they do everything. So mm -hmm. um, I think looking at like what else is possible, what can we do about it? What can we do on our own or who can we find that maybe can support you is a good idea mm -hmm. um, for me. So the sports that your children played, were they sports that you or your husband had experience with or did one of them play something that you totally had no clue about? Uh, well, actually my daughter was into wrestling. Mm -hmm. And um, I've always been into wrestling, but of course, you know, growing up when we did, that just was not an okay yeah. thing to do for us. Um, actually, my high school just my high school just got their first uh, wow. girl. They just allowed their first girl on their team, wow. and uh, she went right to state. So <laughs> I was like, ah, maybe you should have let some wow. girls play. That's <laughs> so, insane. So for her, I think that that worked out really good. Was because that wasn't something I did, but it was something that I totally understand. And it was something I watch all the time and I love. So she could teach me the moves mm -hmm. and stuff like that, um, mm -hmm. which it helped for her and my personality a lot. You know, there wasn't, I didn't have the technical terms or, or definitely yeah. the, the technician or any of that. None so of strategy. she, yeah. exactly. I mean, I, I know all the body mechanics and all that, but it, it was easier for her to be able to, to tell me that stuff and, and bond that way. That was nice. That's um, really cool. Track she did distance and I wasn't a distance runner either so <laughs> I, I don't know if she just like pulled everything up that I didn't do and purposely wanted to do that but that worked for us um but my son my husband played football too so they could talk about that and then um he did the same stuff in track that I did as well so um that was that was pretty easy for us but the different personalities helps yeah yeah for sure and that's interesting because um like, as you know, my kids ended up wrestling too. And I don't know if people realize that not all states have wrestling for girls or girls wrestling um, as its own sport. And then I guess in states like yours, some schools don't even allow girls even co-ed. Like, mm -hmm. in some states, girls have to wrestle against boys if they want to compete. Is that right. how it is in Washington? No, no, we have our own separate, um, and it's, it's funny because I know back uh, when my daughter did not wrestle her senior year, so that would have been back in 2012, they had talked about splitting it up because they were getting enough girls, because um, right now, when you go to state for the girls program, you are seriously the tops of the state. There's no mm -hmm. 1B, 2B, oh, gotcha. um, there's okay. none of that. It's everybody from every school in the state that competes to get to state for girls um, yeah. for girls but we still have a lot I mean our our team's huge yeah. it's just it's really odd how it it's in different areas it's bigger yeah um, 
It's interesting because I think when our girls first started, we had no idea, totally clueless, never experienced wrestling before. And um, the coaches were telling us that Hawaii is one of only three states at that time that had high school girls wrestling. So, Mm -hmm. and we were like, what? So they were like talking about like the opportunities for college scholarships because they're just a limited amount of girls. Like it's not Mm -hmm. nationwide. So that was very interesting. And, but in recent years, it seems like more states have that now. I think it's like at least five different states, probably more by now. Mm-hmm. And recently heard that some Division I programs are going to open up teams for girls wrestling. So I've been, um, our uh, Facebook page, the Girls Wrestling Facebook page is very active and they've been posting left and right that, yeah, there's a new program at this college and a new yeah. one at this one. And, and it's amazing. Cause we've got girls that are, are in nationals all the time. And yeah. uh, two, I think it's two girls from that graduated last year. Uh, they've already been at their colleges and they're going to nationals. Wow. And it's just amazing. Yeah. I absolutely love it. But yeah. I love it. <laughs> go too. girl power. That's for girl power. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, just, it's just such a, it's so different from team sports and like I grew up with softball I love softball but like after being around wrestling it's just I have so much respect for any wrestler like even if they're not the best or even if they don't get to compete if they're training the whole season um it's tough like it's crazy and and I don't think people realize like for you to be there in the postseason even to make it, especially in the mainland where there's so much more competition, but to be standing on that last day, there are so many things that can take a wrestler out of competition, whether it's grades or injuries, or which are very common, or um, they get sick at the wrong time or skin because their skin has to be clear in order to compete mm-hmm. with weight or like so many different variables that on any given day have to line up in order for them to compete. And then like to just be there on the last day is, is such a blessing because we see kids go out with injuries like they get a concussion trying to qualify for states and they're like Mm -hmm. one of the best in the state but they can't compete for another 14 days or 10 days or whatever they're Mm -hmm. out or somebody will um happen to miss weight like it's crazy you know like right before either the qualifying tournament or in the state tournament they don't make weight so it's just it's done just like that yeah, um, it's it's months of nerve wracking and yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I have to say, even we haven't been in wrestling for quite a while, but um, those are still the moms that I talk to yeah. all the time. I mean, yeah. we bonded so much during wrestling season that it's like forever. You know, we're <laughs> like, all right, wrestling moms, let's get together. You know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so there's all that, and that's not even talking about them getting on the mat and competing. Like that's a whole nother thing, you know. But just even to be able to get on the mat there's just so much that has to fall into place or has to be taken care of and like they can train and do everything they're supposed to do and then they end up getting a ringworm or something and it's like they're it's shot like they just they have no choice yep there's nothing they can do yep um so yeah so that's always like oh my gosh like you know how hard they work it's so hard to see that happen but it happens um so yeah anyway (laughs) um the other thing i wanted to ask you was uh your son and your daughter both already graduated high school correct Mm -hmm. did either one of them go on to do college athletics at all no okay so how wasn't even neither one of them actually even wanted to really wanted to Mm -mm. so how did that feel like because i think so many parents are like it's all about trying to go that to that next level and then Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like even if you're a child 
has any level of skill, like everybody's assuming that they're going to do that. And mm -hmm. so I know some parents feel a lot of pressure in that area, or they feel, I don't know, like I see a lot of parents putting pressure on their kid just because their kid is good enough. And it's not even what the child wants to do. So was mm -hmm. that difficult for you to navigate? Or was it pretty much like you were so much like, I'm not pushing this thing, like it didn't really matter to you? Um, well, my, my daughter quit all sports her senior year. So that one was just a given. She just wasn't going to do it. Um, so I had already had dealt with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, with, with my son, he had so many injuries mm. his junior and senior year that, um, we had that heartbreak that we had worked, yeah. worked through, um, because at, at certain points he did want to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, but with football we did not have the coaching background um for that to even be an option for him to move on mm -hmm. honestly um but but for track he did he he could have and he had some colleges that were talking to him about it but with his injuries it was just you know he just needed the downtime just mm -hmm. flat out there was yeah. there was just no way he'd be ready to go on so that that was i will say that is absolutely it was hard yeah. It's, it's hard when you know your kids are that talented. Um, and especially cause I, I am so involved in sports mm -hmm. that, uh, I wasn't going into it with this, Oh, I've got the best kid, you know, right. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. I was going in with the, you know, totally coachable. Uh, I know I've coached to this level and I know that a college coach would take them to this level very mm -hmm. easily. And so it, it was really hard for me uh, to just step back because that's not my choice. And I look, I have to remember that when I graduated, I made choices that have surely broken my parents' heart. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it kind of made me reflect on that and go, okay, so maybe when I'm a grandparent, that's when I get to be <laughs> So, So what advice, do you have any words of wisdom or encouragement or support for parents who are going through the thing where like their child wants to quit or their child has gotten injured and now they're trying to you know what I mean like that's a whole process in it of itself like when the season is going on or you know the years are going by and your child can't even get out there to I mean there's a fear of taking this like off season off and now sometimes it's like during season and they can't they can't participate because of an injury and there's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing so like for parents who are dealing with children who are wanting to quit do you have any insights for them maybe or some just some things to consider for children that want to quit I we made a poor poor judgment call when my daughter was uh let's see that would have been her sophomore year of track. Mm -hmm. um, she really wasn't into track, so it wasn't totally her thing. Mm -hmm. And she got maybe a few weeks into it and she wanted to quit. Um, now, over here, those two seasons, we were getting snow in April. So for us, we were just like, okay, because then we don't have to sit outside, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is so cold. And so we let her quit. Um, I do regret letting her do that during the season. Mm. I should previously before that, I had always done the whole, once you're in, you've committed, you're going to do it. Mm. Um, but it was because we didn't want to sit out in the snow <laughs> and the ice cold that we let her quit. <laughs> and unfortunately I think that came to 
bite us later when she decided that she didn't want to do wrestling anymore. I really think that that had a little bit of a tie into it was, you know, she's just like, eh, you know, I'm not too into it. So I'm just not going to do it. Um, but as far as injuries go and if they want to quit because of injuries or if they want to wait a season, um, hindsight is everything on this right now because we we did deal with some major major injuries my son was um he my son was like a week away from having to get hip surgery done um and that at at this point hip surgery it's not even 50 50 percent chance of it fixing it so we should have probably had him sit out the whole next season for track um instead we got him with great doctors and sports doctors and had him rehab. But I don't think he ever, I don't think he rehabbed enough. Uh, So Mm -hmm. he still had chronic issues through that. And after his senior year, uh, within a month, he didn't do anything for a month after he graduated. Mm -hmm. And his hamstrings were totally all back better and healthy. And (laughs) so I kind of wish through that, that we had just sat him out a whole season. Mm. Um, but I know as being competitive, there's just, it, it, it's there's really hard way to do it. I have some kids right now and, um, kids now do multiple sports at the same time. So when we're trying to coach them, it's nearly impossible because for one, we have to try and figure out what they've possibly done that day, what they're going to do tonight. Um, we're trying to get a workout out of them. And they're usually injured when we get them mm-hmm. because they have so much overuse injury. I mean, there's just, there's seven days a week. There's no downtime mm-hmm. and they go right into another sport, into another sport. And it's just, it's so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the high school level, it's important to talk to the kids and find out what they want to do yeah. uh, and try and make them commit so that they're not doing multiple sports at the same time. Yeah. That's really tough. I mean, it's, it's, I think even when you're physically healthy, that's really high demand. So even if it's doable physically because they're healthy or whatever, I don't know, or they know how to recover, um, still very demanding emotionally and mentally too, mm-hmm. that if there's any way to kind of break it up a little bit, I, I mean, I'm generally in favor of trying to do it sounds weird but like as little as possible at one time <laughs> mm-hmm. you know versus like trying to do everything and i know that i think this is an issue that parents face is like they have a really hard time trying to do that because of how organizations are structured or they're told if you're not with us all year then you're going to lose your spot or mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing is going on so how do you feel about that as a former, well, you're still a parent, but as a parent of athletes and as a coach now, what do you think would be helpful to these athletes long-term really is what it's about, right? Right. It is. And I think, uh, well, I don't know. I'm not a fan of all of this club ball and 24 seven, you only play one sport. Uh, if you talk to any professional athletes out there and, uh, find out how they grew up there's a lot of them that played multiple sports right now they're just it's not it it's not helpful to just have your muscle be doing the same exact movement every single day 
365 days a, a, a year. And part of the problem ends up being too that the the coaches are only coaching to that sport. Mm -hmm. um, so they might not be cross training. Um, they're not doing any periodization because yeah. <laughs> they can't because they're playing they're competing games. All year. Yeah. yeah, it's all competitive yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, pro and athletes don't even play that way. Exactly. Yeah. And, and even college athletes don't. Right. They have an off season. They have right. a conditioning season. They have. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of them do play during the summer, right? They'll do some league or whatever. I would, I would venture to say that for the most part, it's slightly different levels of intensity, though, generally. Mm -hmm. um, they do have, like, a fall for softball. Anyway, they have, like, a fall season. Um, and, I mean, I was there a long time ago, so it's not – it may be different now. But even that was a lot more laid back. It was as far as, like, competition – we knew that it was just part of training. It wasn't really like, I mean, I don't know. I guess I see that now even in high school, like these, like there was an off season, even in Hawaii, like we can play softball during the winter and we do, unfortunately. I feel like it's unfortunate, but um, there used to be a period in high school where you couldn't compete and the coaches, as soon as they were given the okay to do it, just jumped into like, yeah, let's do winter league. And I'm like, when do you train? Like, when do you build these girls' physicality or athleticism up? Mm -hmm. We're constantly just doing skills, skills, skills. And they're not even that strong as human beings, like just as athletes. So mm -hmm. like you said, those overuse injuries happen because there's so much imbalance. They're not training up those other supporting muscles. And, um, and I just feel like even in a, in a sport like softball where it's not really that physically demanding in a way, I guess it sort of is in different ways, but I just see the kids being burnt out by the time they get to like high school season. And it's like not even exciting to be starting a season anymore because it's just, right. It's just, play. yeah, there was no down season. So you're yeah. just still playing. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, that goes, all of that comes back on us parents. Yeah. Yeah. We're the, <laughs> we're the ones we're the ones that all decided that it was okay yeah. for these leagues to be running twenty four seven. Yeah, and I know and I say that all the time and I know it's e it's a lot easier to say than to do, but I'm like just opt out. Like you don't have to. Like, you know. So right. I you know, our kids always have the opportunity to play during the winter. One season I think our daughter played winter league, but it was very like they only practiced a few times a week and they played a couple of I mean it was very I don't even remember why she played, to be honest. But it was one year out of all the seasons. Otherwise, we're having them take full breaks, like a whole month with no organized sports. Or mm -hmm. if we can do that a couple times a year at least, um, even though they, they participate in things like boxing, which is just year-round. It's not like a season. It's just all year. Um, even when we can play softball all year round here, like – I, you know, it's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And yes, there was a little bit of fear of like, well, she's going to fall behind. Everybody's still mm -hmm. competing. Everybody's still training. Um, but what I saw was that, yes, when she came back into the fold, she was a little, you know, there's a little rust. That's like mm -hmm. how I felt coming back into season two. And it took a little bit of time to kind of get back in a groove, but like a week, maybe two tops. But at that point, like she's just so much more energy and her arm was just way liver than everybody else's who was like already hanging at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. um, and she's pumped, you know, to get back on the field and to play. And everybody's just kind of like, oh, another day. And, you know, um, 
And so I actually began to see it as a big advantage for her to take the time off and to mm-hmm. do something else and to hang at the beach or just chill with us, not having to run around all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, as a family too, like when our, we had multiple kids and multiple sports and then boxing came up. So it was like all year long, even though boxing was all year long, we're like, no, in, this, in November, we're taking the break or in December, we're not, you're not going. And they're like, oh, why aren't they? Well, and it was sort of too, because it was like, well, the gym's going to close Christmas week anyway. So that's a whole week that you're not going to be mm-hmm. there anyway. Right. So we may as well just, you know, just take a break, enjoy family. Um, but like, even we as parents needed the break of the constant running around and this schedule and that schedule and everything. Um, so I think like, life kind of ebbs and flows like we're not just you know I mean mean, life doesn't end ever like it's constant but just to kind of try to be on all year long is very difficult and I'm not even sure beneficial when you really look at it so Mm -hmm. um, I'm always telling parents like if there were no parents that wanted to do it the organizations don't have the leverage right but they are like, well, they're making us sign this thing. And if we don't do it, then we don't have a spot. I'm like, yeah, but if every parent was like, I'm not signing that, mm-hmm. they'd have to do what they need the parents to pay to, to right. pay. Yeah. So, you know, somehow it's gotten so twisted up that suddenly like the parents who are the ones paying these organizations are the ones that are having to bend to all these rules versus the organizations serving the parents and the families or the athletes. Um, it's just very strange that it's, it's so convoluted and parents are really feeling a lot of pressure. Like they have to do this. And I'm like, no, you don't, you can, you can opt out at any time, but then right. there's so much fear of, but then I'm messing up my child's opportunities or, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, do you have any experience with people who just like, I'm just not doing it or like, what has your experience been as a parent and like with other people who are facing that? particular issue of feeling that pressure? Well, I haven't dealt with it as a parent, um, but as a coach, um, we have absolutely dealt with it. And um, we, we have a really good girls track team mm-hmm. and we did have to talk to two girls and just tell them, you need to make a decision that's good for you and your body. Mm-hmm. Um, because we needed them. I mean, they score us a ton of points. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, talk, we're talking about taking, taking relay teams to state if they're mm-hmm. on the team. And we just, you just finally had to make the decision. It was just, it was so much drama of, of them being injured and yeah. which practice are they going to after that, that, you know, they, they just had to sit down and talk to them and, and then have them talk to their parents, of course, but, you know, talk to them and say, what is best for you? Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we want you. Yes, we know that you want to be there and you love your team and, and all that. But the, all you're doing is sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. So if soccer is your thing that you really want to do, then just just go do it, mm-hmm. you know, and just basically just give them that that permission. Right. Hey, it's OK. Yeah, we do need you, but yeah. it is okay because it's all about you. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and we, had, um, we had one is a little bit different because it wasn't two sports, but like there, we had this girl come up and she played her whole, you know, her whole career and she had siblings that were in sports, but she like really loved to sing and to do like that sort of thing and dance and, and whatnot and act maybe even. 
And so finally her senior year, she's like, I'm going to be in, you know, Glee and doing this. And we're like, you know what? We know, like you've been out and she's great. Like she was great. Um, and easy to coach, like always gave her best effort. But like, we knew that this was not her thing, you know? Right. So we're like, you know what? We know that you love that. Like she's singing at practice all the time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like we know this is what you want to do. And so any, anytime you have to go, you can go. Just understand that somebody else may play because mm-hmm. they're more prepared or the team is more used to playing them or whatever. And she was fine with that because this wasn't mm-hmm. how hard it was anyway. Right. right. So have that understanding up front. Like we know what your priority is. That's mm-hmm. okay with us. You come with you when you can just understand that that also affects the team dynamic and what's best for the team. So we're going to make our decisions accordingly. And it was all like discussed before and she was, we we're all on the same page. So it worked out. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. It's different when you want to do something else and then still demand, you know, the same privileges, I guess, or the same everything as everyone else that's there and you're not even showing up or contributing in the way that you need to, to be part mm-hmm. of it, right? So Yeah, and we did have that um, because we, we went through a whole coaching change. Mm-hmm. So as, as coaches, we had to figure out, you know, what our dynamics were, of course, right. between us. So we did have somebody that was like that and they were getting more special treatment and, um, for us, it's a little bit easier because in Washington state, we have very strict rules about what counts as a practice, what doesn't count as a practice. Mm. Um, so we just finally had to just, you know, she was one of them too. And I mean, she is absolutely amazing. And, but the, the pressure on her mm-hmm. from her home environment as well was so huge that, you know, thankfully one of the, cause I don't teach at the school. So thankfully some of them that do teach at the school, you know, they had to sit down with her and they're just like, you know, Hey, you know, same thing as the other girl. It's like, mm-hmm. what's going to be best for you. Um, you know, you know, try and work on what's going to be best for you and, and stop yeah. trying to please everybody. Cause you're not disappointing us, you right. know, and that's part of the things too. I mean, we build this bond with these kids and, you know, they're worried about disappointing us just as much. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I think it's really awesome when coaches have that perspective of like, what's actually going to be best for you. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to win obviously. Um, and we love having you, but at the same time, it's not about us. Right? <laughs> this is, we're not here. It's not about our experience. It's about these athletes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know that's helping me right now. Cause uh, it's the beginning of the season right now. We're only, week three I think we just start no we're only yeah we're just start week three so I mean we've got all of these kids that have never done stuff before and they're sore and they don't even know what sore is so they're kind of hurting <laughs> so for me having already gone through that I know it's it's helping me a lot as a coach because I'm just like okay here's the deal we're gonna do a super light workout you're gonna chill out you're gonna stretch because guess what you don't have to run your you know your race today we still have all of these weeks. Let's get you healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get you healthy, you know? And so I know from that was not the way when I was with my kid, with my kid, you know, we're at rehab, we're trying to do this. And it's mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, why isn't he fixed yet? You know, it's been five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's really hard. And I, think, I know some parents who are dealing with that. It's like, how do you stay patient? Right. How do you like let go of the fact that this is not going to go according to the timetable that you want it to and so like that's a whole thing that parents kind of have to learn to work through as well. yeah and the only way to work through it was just I mean my husband and I would go to lunch a lot and <laughs> all good. we would 
we all we would do is just sit there and just let it out. I mean, cause we were both in the same way. It was just, it's just so heartbreaking to yeah. watch it all going down and, and you know, they want it so bad and yeah. we want it just as bad too, you know? So it's just like, yeah, we just had to let it out. I mean, there was literally nothing else we could do, but just, you know, blah, blah, blah at each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least, at least you recognize that and you were able to do that for each other because that is a very, very difficult situation. And our child is probably the last one that needs to help us carry that because they're already dealing with their right. own stuff, right? So, yeah. Yeah, because well, yeah, they're already getting from the whole team too, yeah. you know, every single day. And they're like, the injured one, you know. When are, yeah, when yeah. are you coming back? When are you coming back? It's just a concussion. How come you're not back yet? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. well, because I have a headache every day. But So, <laughs> <laughs> so other, other than the whole too much going on at once thing, as a coach, what's something that's like what's been the most difficult thing for you as a coach to kind of go through or to learn or to you know what's an area that you've had to really focus on getting better at um well for me I had the whole transition because I only started coaching this is my fourth season and I hadn't coached track before except for talking to my kids mm. so I was thrown into trying to coach about it versus being on the field yeah. even though or on the field even though it was 20 some odd years ago yeah. it was still like a huge change and another huge thing has been for me not coaching the same way I was coached mm. which uh, I actually recommend if uh, parents are in a sport, even if they know quite a bit about it, I recommend that they go to some coaching clinics. Mm -hmm. um, when I went to my U.S. track and field uh, coaching clinic, there was actually quite a few parents that were in there. Mm. And, you know, I kind of wish that I had done that back when the kids were, were going through sports too, because so much has changed. It has, it had been 20 years and yeah. there was a ton of stuff that had changed in between there. And I think that that would have helped me a lot as a parent right. to know, Oh, okay, well, this isn't the way we do it anymore, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Or, or we moved on from that or right. that's so old school that that's what they yeah. teach at the middle school, not at high school anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one thing that we ask our kids a lot too. And, they one of them ran track and we were like how come you guys are doing this like we never did that so it wasn't so much like you shouldn't be doing it we were like what what did the coach tell you about that like how does that work like we're trying to ask them right like yeah what's the point of that or how does that you know because we never got the chance to do that we tried to phrase it that way so it seemed like um which it really was like I really want to know what's the new thing like what has been discovered or what's the reasoning behind it it's, it's always really cool to learn that stuff except that our kids can hardly ever tell us <laughs> right <the reason>. yeah <laughs> so that's always interesting too because I'll have kids come even in softball and be like oh my other coach told me to do it this way and I'm like okay um can you explain to me why you know what the process was behind that or what mm -hmm. the pattern was because like if I can learn something that's great right and mm -hmm. kind of figure out how to incorporate both ideas and show you how to use each one maybe or kind of explain different circumstances under which maybe one is more useful than the other mm -hmm. um, but I f it's really strange to me how many kids can't tell you why mm -hmm. they're doing what they're doing and yeah like that's a major breakdown in coaching mm -hmm. the kids have no clue why they're doing what they're doing so mm -hmm. um I think that now with the internet which is awesome I think it's awesome anyway um coaches have so much more access to resources so they can learn more than what they were 
taught, right? Like a lot of times, and back in the day, it was like you only knew what you were taught as you mm-hmm. were coached, and then that was it. We didn't have all these resources and videos and YouTube and all that stuff. And so I think that now um, I'm hoping that more coaches are coaching differently than they were coached and learning and growing because um, things have evolved. And hope, I'm hoping that more athletes are getting that coaching to where like they're actually understanding what they're doing so mm-hmm. that they can then self-correct maybe or help each other or be able to think on their feet when the coach can't be right next to them telling them, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think all of that's important. But like you said, though, as a parent, though, I think that's probably one of the most important things. And sometimes it's hard for me to remember just because it was just what I grew up. My, my parents always or my dad was usually the one who yeah. picked me up, you know. So we talked sports all the time. I mean, so it's just second nature. And with my son, that was just exactly the same thing, too. You know, he'd bring up something and I'd be like, oh, what'd you do today? You know, how'd you do that? Why'd you do that? You know, what the coach have you do? And and. uh I don't know, do, since I grew up as that being the natural way that I was taught to do it, do other parents do that, <laughs> you know, or is that something that they, they should be doing that we need to tell them to be doing Yeah, um, is, is asking questions. And um, I, I coach the same way that I want to be coached. So uh, like today, it's funny that you mentioned the whole why you're doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that um, and you are too, because you're a sports geek, <laughs> that, that if you tell me to do something, I'm not going to disagree with it, but I, I need to know why we're doing it that mm-hmm. way so I can associate it. And as yeah. soon as I can associate why I'm doing it, then I'm going to remember to do it. Yeah. Um, it can't just I, be a bunch of stuff to memorize, right? Like, right. that makes it hard. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, or just tell me to do it because I'm also one of those people when I was gro- when I was younger that if you just told me to do something, I didn't think you knew what you were talking about. So mm-hmm. you know, you had to tell me why, yeah. <laughs> or I would just shine you on. Um, but I I did that with my high school co- kids today because they were new to the high jump, you know, and I'm like, okay, you said you learned visual, so we're I'm gonna bring the tablet and we're gonna watch YouTube videos next time, and you know, and, and he was at home watching YouTube videos, and that worked for him. And I'm like, I'm like, but here's how I learned. So we walked through everything, and I walked him through, and I'm like, okay, well, we're doing this, and this is why we're doing this, you know. Um, and I, I, I try to tell them more information like that, um, but I, I'm trying to think of my kids. I don't think my kids knew quite a bit of the stuff why they were doing stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. And I don't, I know I never did. I know my coaches were never really telling. I, I had better track coaches though. So I, I did have track coaches that would tell me why we were doing certain things. I think, I, I, honestly, I don't remember if I had coaches who would tell us why. I think there were a few. And I think the rest of it, I was just like, so like, why are we doing this? So I would try to figure it out or mm-hmm. I would just ask. Um, normally not my coaches. I'd be asking my teammate, like, why are we doing this? I don't understand, you know? Right. But, but I'm just super curious. And, but it was very interesting to me to get to college. And when we would go through a drill, like the coach would have us do a certain drill to teach a certain skill or technique strategy. And I was just like, do people not realize that this is why we're doing it? Like, is that not common like it was very surprising to me that people mm-hmm. 
at that level still needed to be taught that and that when we were being taught that that people some people were like oh like they hadn't ever <laughs> thought of it before and it just blew my mind that that was happening in college um but I mean and that just goes to show me as a coach too it's like no matter what level you're at and what you think they should know or they would know by now it's not always the case so mm-hmm. um and some coaches get really mad they're like you should know that I'm like well but if they don't then right it's our job to help them figure it out or help them understand. Right. Um, even if they should have already picked it up at some point, but yeah. Cause it's not their fault. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> uh, usually yeah, it's, no. <laughs> um, or it's just, it was never explained in a way that made sense to them. Right. Which is again, mm-hmm. like that's sometimes that happens and, mm-hmm. um, and they probably picked up lots of other things, just not this particular thing. So, right. Um, and that's okay. Like sometimes it's like, what the heck? How come you don't know that? But honestly, they probably do know a lot of other things and it's just what happens. It's just this one thing that never occurred to them or what have you, or it was just never explained in a way that they got the, Oh, light bulb went off thing. Mm-hmm. just doing it because they knew they were supposed to, but didn't quite understand why. And so mm-hmm. it's always, it's kind of always very amusing, not really amusing, but just very interesting to see the different, you know, different people and different, um, where they're at and different mm-hmm. things, journey. So Anyway, so one more thing before we go, not really one, but um, in addition to being a sports mom and a coach, you're also a fire wife, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and support fire wives as like something that you do to serve and, and kind of build a business around. So mm-hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because that's a whole nother, we're not going to get into it right now because we're, you know, almost out of time. But I think that's just very unique. And I'm sure other firewives out there um, would love to hear a tiny bit about that. Like what you think has been most important for you as you've gone along that journey, like what have you learned that's been really helpful as far as keeping it together? Cause that's a really difficult lifestyle, I think. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's the same as going through kids. You just go through these different periods of this works and this works and this works. And um, so I own wife behind the fire.com, uh, which is a, a, website and a group also for firewives with resources and um, I go at it a little bit different uh, point of view um, because my personality probably that um, (laughs) I just I recognized right away that it's so easy to just be caught up in the fire department Um, we're well just like for a lot of people they're just like well he's a hero um and he is right but I think that us as wives it's our point to make them realize that they're also just human and they need that human aspect um, because they need that separation of Mm -hmm. okay well yep I do great things when I'm over here um, and that's just because that's my personality and that's what I do but when I come home I'm just your average Joe Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know (laughs) so keeping that normal balance um it, it's been hard. We've gone through a whole lot of stuff over the 17 years. Um, we've had some line of duty deaths that we've gone through. Um, so communication, just like anything, is, mm-hmm. has been the, really the big key to, to getting through to we're working on 24 years of marriage now. So (laughs) that's pretty good. That's awesome. And I'm sure there has to have been tons of ups and downs and hills and valleys and Oh, there have lots of lessons learned. <laughs> there have. I think just like any marriage, I mean, um, 
we were young and dumb and got together in, in high school. So I, I like to think that that helped us because we were just yeah. so immature that we, yeah. we either had to grow together or we wouldn't have, we would have grown apart by yeah. now. Um, so communication the whole way and, and growing with each other instead of one person at this level and another person at another level has helped a lot. I didn't know that about you, that you, um, are married to your high school sweetheart also. Yep. A little yep. Me. Um, on my anniversary is coming up on Thursday by the time, um, Saturday, by the time this uh, gets posted, it'll be passed, but it's uh, St. Patrick's day. So, oh, that's funny. Cause that's the, yeah. that's the anniversary of our first date. Oh really? Yep. St. <laughs> uh, Patrick's day and we're, uh, it'll be 22 years. So it's been very eye opening. <laughs> As, uh-huh. as a journey, I think it's just like life. I think it's just like parenting where you go through so many different things and there's so many different times where I'm like, I'm right. Like, I know what I'm talking about. You need to listen to me. And then like, I'm now I'm like, okay, just that doesn't work. And that's not even accurate. And it's not even helpful. Most of the right. Time. It's yeah. so humbling. These journeys. That I want. <laughs> and it's, it's great when you get to that level where you're just like, why am I fighting about this? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so not worth it. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, like you said, we're at the other end now where we've got the emptiness going on and right. that's just mind blowing. That's a whole I, I will just say it. it is right? yeah it is totally mind-blowing because now it's just like we are at this position that we talked about for so many years and here it is oh my gosh here it is <laughs> yeah. and so you even talk about that don't you somewhere online or a little bit somewhere um no I haven't been doing that one yeah I had to yeah. chill out with everything <laughs> I was trying in too many different directions yeah but that that is a whole like and I'm spared that uh, at the moment for quite some many years down the road. So you'll be super experienced with it by the time I hit that, I'll be hitting oh, yeah. <laughs> when I reach that point. So, um, but it's so great to connect with you. Like we've been online friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it's pretty cool to get to see a different side of you and to learn some other stuff about you and to hear your perspectives on coaching and on, uh, being a sports parent who's, and the thing that I, I'm telling people now too, is like, I haven't had yet that child that you, you keep waiting for me to send somebody to university of Washington near you, but um, <laughs> I also have, have chosen other routes besides college. And mm-hmm. I know so many parents are like, Oh, that's just so disappointing. You know, like, I think they have a hard time when things don't quite go the way that you hoped or you thought. And so there are other parents out there who've been through the whole process and like got their kids to college and everything. So there's that. But like, for me, it's like, I just want to encourage parents and let them know that even when things kind of go a little bit differently than what you thought or what you were hoping for, um, some really awesome things can still happen. And there's still so much more, you know, life, uh, that is ahead. And so, um, I think it's okay to have that grieving time where you're like bummed about mm-hmm. what could have been or what you thought and having that, you know, um, even just having a child finish high school and not be doing sports anymore. It's like, I just had so much fun watching my kids do their thing that it's hard to not have that. To mm-hmm. not ever, like we went to wrestling season this year and it's like, this is the first year that our now 18 year old, wasn't involved at all like the time that we've been wrestling parents she's been there she's been one of the competitors and like to be there and she's not there was really strange even though we had another child competing so it was um it's interesting to to go through that I think it's okay to let yourself process that emotion but also remember that 
there's just so much more to life and there's so much more awesome stuff that mm-hmm. is all ahead. So mm-hmm. um, you can still, you know, be optimistic about that. and look. Forward. No, there is. And you nailed it with the, the grieving because that's actually, it, that's absolutely yeah. what it feels, for, feels yeah. like. It's because like you, you thought that this was what was going to happen yeah. and it's not happening yeah. and it's, it's, it is a process and yeah. you need to recognize that it's a process yeah. and you need to let it be a process. Yes. <laughs> I know, I've, I've actually recently thought to myself, like, have I even let myself go through that or have mm-hmm. I been like, it's okay. It's going to, you know, things are going to work out, which is true. I totally mm-hmm. believe that. But um, I recently realized with some other stuff that it was like, I haven't really given myself time to really like, feel all of that and let that you know get processed it's like yeah i i like to look ahead i like to look on the bright side of things but at the same time you still need to process all the stuff so oh yeah and yeah. it's it'll sucker punch you oh yeah um, it does. <laughs> that is so true it oh, it'll, like and you won't have any choice you won't have yeah. any choice it's just gonna wash over you and you're just like yeah. um yeah that happened because i mean we had my son his senior year I mean he he honestly should have gone on to do track at college but his hamstring just never would recover and he qualified for his favorite race the very last race he could qualify for we were watching it because we knew he didn't have to run his absolute fastest in order to move on to state um and watching him at state he was he was doing okay doing okay we watched him do 200 it wasn't even 200. It was a hundred watched him do a hundred and you immediately saw oh. that his hamstring had pulled. Oh. And last year when we took our kids to state, cause you know, he'd already graduated, but I took, you know, everybody back. I thought I had dealt with it yeah. and I walked in to yeah. that field and I had to walk away. Yeah. I mean, I just, just I like, oh yeah just felt and it that. just hits you, all like, that emotion yeah. yeah and I know you know what it's gonna hit me again this year yeah yeah it's gonna hit me so I will just make sure that I walk in separate from everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, let think. it wash over <laughs> yeah I think that's part of what took me so long to get back to the gym I'll talk about all that later but even to get back into the gym or to get back to coaching softball I took a break from all of that for personal reasons and like going back what I realized when I finally did go back was like whole so many emotions came up and oh like, yeah this is why I haven't been back is because like there's just so much stuff like I didn't even realize until I finally went back I'm like oh okay this is what's going on and it's right and I just, yeah. like, like you said it's still even though it's much better like I know it's still gonna come up again and again and again and and so we just have to you know, when it does, it does. And we got to not try to ignore it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because I think that that was part of it, too, was that I thought I dealt with it, but I think I might have ignored it a little bit more. Right. So um, now I know I let it wash over me and yeah. it didn't ruin my whole weekend that was there. Right. I mean, I, I just let it happen. Just that and moment. Then, yeah. Then, yeah. Then after yeah. that, it was just gung ho. Let's watch everybody, you know, yeah. have fun. Then you can and enjoy all that. it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've even got caught up in like, I didn't realize like how much was building up and then like it caused this major conflict. Well, it wasn't, it didn't cause a major conflict. It allowed something tiny to become a major conflict between me and my husband because I was just so already emotionally like spent, like I was just drained. And then Mm -hmm. after that, it was just like, really, I was, I felt that was the first time in a long time. Like I just felt completely depleted emotionally I went whoa this is crazy like right. <laughs> that, I, okay, that was a lot stored up <laughs> beforehand so that I can 
prevent it versus letting it get to that point where it's like you just get totally mm-hmm. it feels like blindsided but it's not really it's just you were kind of trying to not let it you know and mm-hmm. um so I was so that made me very aware of like okay you need to really like let it get processed versus trying to just shove it on the side and like keep going about your thing and the next thing you know it's like it's gonna keep coming until you deal with it right right (laughs) it's gonna just be this huge thing so um and yeah and I think for me being a former athlete or yeah a former athlete um the whole like keeping your game face on and not letting people see you know your opponent see you upset or whatever like that is still I think how I tend to be Mm -hmm. and um it hasn't been helpful for me as a mom or as, <laughs> as a wife. Like I really need to learn how to not do that. Like I really need to communicate better and, you know, um, ask for help. Like as an athlete, you're like, you just got to do it. Like that's kind of how you feel. And, mm-hmm. um, and so as an adult and as a mom and as a wife, I've had to learn how to let people know that I'm not feeling the best mm-hmm. versus as an athlete I was always trying not to let people know like I didn't want to I didn't want you to know I want you to think that I'm top, top of my game all the time right yep. so it's, yep. it's it was an adjustment for me so anyway yep. yeah <laughs> you brought that to my mind <laughs> but um thank you so much for joining us is there anything else that you would like to say or end with or anything else you would like no I think this was this was great this was fun, fun um, yeah. yeah I love it I I love that you know I like being at this position that I'm at now where I've, I've kind of gone through it and um, I really appreciate you having me on because I do, I do feel like I've learned and then all of a sudden you're not a sports parent anymore yeah. because, you know, they've graduated or, yes. you know, moved on and it's like, you've got all this information that you could be sharing, but you don't see those people anymore. So. Right. <laughs> So this yeah. is perfect. I appreciate you having me on. No worries. And we'll probably have you on at some other point down the road too, because, you know, it's just fun to do. And um, I'd love to connect with you more often anyway. So one more time for anyone who happens to be a firewife, um, I'm sure there's somebody that's going to listen to this that is, if they're looking for some support or some way to connect with you, because that is another tough, tough role and, and job and life. So um, any way that we can give them extra support, where do they find you again? I'm at wifebehindthefire.com. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So thank you so much, um, Val, for taking the time to be with us today. I appreciate your time so much. And um, we've enjoyed having you. So you'll be back at some point down the road, I'm sure. Oh, perfect. I would love to come back. Thanks, Stacey.